0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Bennett Maxwell of Dirty Dough, cookies engineered from the inside out, with every cookie featuring some combination of layers, mix-ins, or fillings within the dough. This episode gets interesting as Bennett describes their logistic model that makes it very efficient for their franchisees. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Bennett Maxwell of Dirty Dough, Bennett, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah. appreciate it. I'm excited to be on. Of course. So,
0: I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like?
1: Um grew up in Orem, Utah. Uh, number seven of nine kids. Wow. <laughs> so, l- large family, um, raised by my mom mainly. So, mm-hmm. anyways, it it, it it was always a, a party at our house, I guess. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So yeah, what was
0: that like? Did you have an entrepreneurial mindset? Would you say lemonade stands with your siblings or yeah. some products?
1: No, I definitely did that. Did the lemonades, bought a little shaved ice machine, you know, went out to the corner, um sold candy bars. Wow. In elementary and wow. junior high, I think I was doing uh, lawn aeration. Wow. So, wow. knocking doors and then somebody else would come behind me and do the aeration itself. <laughs> um <laughs> so, wow. Anyways, yeah, c- c- kind of funny. Um That I, yeah, it's kind of just always been in me to Mm -hmm. to do that. And then going into sports, in order to pay for sports, I had to, um, you know, go sell whatever. It was either cookie dough or it was like the starving student card, something like that. But I'd always go in and and sell those because it was either that or you pay for it. And I'm like, well, I don't have the money to pay for it. So (laughs) I'm going to go knock some doors. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So did you end
0: up going to college then? And then if so, what did you study
1: uh, going there? yeah i I was going to college um my idea was to be to do pre-med so I was taking all my chemistries and all the super fun classes um and I was majoring in Spanish just because I thought that was the quickest way out to, to get into med school yeah so I ended up dropping out just with the semester left of of pre-med not I didn't start going to med school mm-hmm. so super big into education um that's always been a very big focus of my life like I graduated you know high school with a 4.0 and all the uh you know lots of college credits and all that so it wasn't about the education it was about I wanted to kind of change my career path I wanted to get into professional sales sales mm. so I'm like I'm going to dedicate the same amount of time that I was going to go to college for um but I'm going to do that in sales and you know through podcasts through books through a number mm. of things. Did you end up switching your degree then to get into that sales avenue, or what did that look like when you're switching that aspiration? Um, no, I mean, I just I just dropped out. Oh, Yo, you dropped <laughs> so, out. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, oh, I got I, you. yeah, no. I I took a break because yeah. when you tell people you drop out, they're not they're not ecstatic about that. So I, sure. I I took a <laughs> indefinite break. Um, and, and it was really just sales books, sales yeah. books, podcasts, role playing. And I started doing the summer sales stuff, which is very popular in Utah. Um, and I saw that in, you know, the four to five months I was making as much as I could make as a doctor in a year. In four to five months, I'm like, this is a much better, you know, family life. And anyways, I thought my wife was kind of going to be disappointed when I said, hey, I'm like, I'm I'm going to drop out. I'm not going to be a doctor. And she's like, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like wow. she was very supportive because she's like now, you know, uh, the doctor's life, studying and all that is is intensive, mm. so we've got to enjoy a lot more free time with the the sales career that we've gone down for sure. And I presume that a lot of this has led
0: into your venture now. Um, so where does cookies come to play here, uh, especially with dirty dough?
1: Uh, does this come yeah off your sales avenue? So it was I was doing sales and I heard a crumble, and I'm like, oh, that would be sweet to own a, a franchise. Yeah. Um. So I contacted them and I was going down that process until. They're like no no you have to operate it like you you have to live there and run it day to day And i'm like ooh, like that's cool but that's i mean i'm not i didn't want to buy my job right that, yeah. that's exactly what they're requiring me to do so i was like i wanted to add to my sales income and my sales crew not you know replace it so mm-hmm. but that got me interested in cookies and then somebody posts on facebook so i didn't found dirty dough actually um it was it was already it was already started in Arizona, but I got by a guy who went to high school with Tyler Peary mm-hmm. and he posts on Facebook, hey, I'm looking for some money to go from delivery only out of my apartment to an actual storefront. So I'm like, oh, you know, that's a passive investment. Yeah. You know, so I, I gave, I threw him some money um, and he opened it up, did an amazing job with it. But a few months after it was open, I'm like, hey, let's franchise this. I'm in San Diego. I was running a solar company at the time. Um, I'm in San Diego. Let's, let's franchise this. And he's like, you know, what? I'm. Not wanting to franchise i'm burnt out this restaurant industry kind of sucks <laughs> so <laughs> i ended up purchasing the company from them with the idea of if i can make this so simple that i could run it because i have no food experience i have no franchise experience i live in san diego this is a single cookie store shop in arizona then yeah hey that's a good model so that that's what i was set out to do and the goal has always been to make the most simplistic food franchise model and i think i think we've got it i think it's very yep. very simple what we've been able to build
0: for sure when you took over what was the, was it just him still at this point and
1: what what was transferred to you um so it was when when i invested it was me and my two brothers okay there's three of us that came in and then it was tyler and his wife kena so when i purchased it i bought out both my brothers and then i bought out all of tyler and all of Kina's. so i was the sole owner of it and then i brought on a partner i see so at yeah. this point then, you said you had no background
0: in baking or anything. Did you take on like any recipes? No. What did that infrastructure especially yeah. look like?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was a pre-existing, like the store was operational, you know, and okay. I'm just like, hey, hire managers because I can't manage. And then, yeah, we got all the recipes, the branding, all that. Now, And, and it, was, it was good, uh, but we've redone everything. I mean, yeah. we, the name is the same, but the logo and the colors and the branding and the packaging and every single recipe is completely new for sure. So I'm curious in those early days,
0: especially at the one restaurant, what was your main marketing strategies that were working for you? Uh, kind of maybe implementing some stuff that you've seen that crumble worked with um, mm-hmm. to really attract new customers.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when I took over, they'd never actually spent a dollar on advertisements. Mm. You know, it was like, I'm taking the pictures. The, the wife was taking the pictures and posting. them. I mean, they were doing a great job, uh, but it was all organic. Yeah. Um, so we went pretty much directly to let's get professional pictures done and videos you know cuz these are big giant cookies and they and they're fun yeah. um and then let's you know throw those on you know Facebook you know all the paid ads right now we do geofencing as well um so like if you walk into a competitor store we're going to target you with a <laughs> the dirty dough ad <laughs> uh, so and that's and that's been working well as well mm-hmm. for sure
0: uh with that marketing what would you say is your main demographic for the cookies i know it's so widespread everyone enjoys
1: cookies but yeah. can you dial that in it's, it's yeah, the twenty twenty-five to forty five year old female with you know so mom typically mm-hmm. buy um cookies for her kids. Yep. So yeah, yep. a lot of college kids, you know, will buy it as well, but that's the, the primary demographic is mm-hmm. is the moms. Amazing. So yeah, what was that point where you decided
0: that you wanted to then open up another franchise? Uh, where was that in your um your spot in this business? And then also what where was that location, that next location?
1: Yeah, so when I bought the company, I knew I was gonna franchise it. Like that yeah. that's yeah. why I was buying it. Um, but it took a little bit of time to kind of figure out the processes because everything was being produced in the store. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, man, can we go open up another hundred of these, a thousand of these, and have and expect each franchisee to order their own ingredients, deal with their own waste? Because when you weekly rotating flavors, that's very high waste. Yeah. What do you do with your blueberries after the blueberry cookie's gone? Right. Yeah. Um, so very high waste. I'm like, man, I don't think we can scale with the quality control that we want, you know, constantly hiring teenagers to mix the batches and then they mess up mm-hmm. and either you throw that away or you serve it anyway and you know you get bad reviews. So it's like how do we take that off the franchisee's plate and make it a lot easier for them? And it's like, right. okay, well let's let's look at what Mrs. Fields did, what Great American Cookie did, what Insomnia Cookies did. And these are three companies that have been around for 45, 45 and 20 years mm-hmm. that all have multiple hundred stores. Like why? Well, they do a centralized production model to lower the break-even point, mm. um, so you can weather those recessions, right? So, if yeah. you centralize all your production, you get large discounts on your flour, sugar, sugar, butter, mm. um, because you can go directly to the source rather than a third-party distributor, and you can also mm. buy large quantities—a truck full rather than a fifty-pound bag. Yeah. So, you get yeah. large discounts. Then we mix hundreds of cookies at a time with a few highly trained bakers, and then run it through a machine. That portions the dough pucks exactly, and it gives us our unique three-layer cookie. Mm. So you look at a cookie; it looks like a peanut butter cookie, but when you break it open, there's chocolate dough in the middle, and in the very center, there's hot fudge. Mm. It's like you can't make that by hand, so yeah. it's giving yeah. us a more unique product that kind of keeps out the competition. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I mean, a cookie's a cookie, so I'm not going to say that it's so novel, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, we we try to differentiate it in doing that, sure. and then now we just ship out pre-portioned dough pucks to the franchisees they mm. so just grab a dope put pop it in the oven and it's like how do you mess that up i mean maybe you trip maybe you don't hear the timer yeah. <laughs> go off right it's it's just very very simple um so it required a lot more initial capital i mean we had to become a food production company we had mm. to become a logistics company for sure um, but we did it to make it as simple as possible for those franchisees and our first franchise opened up in just in june okay so just two months ago and awesome. then our second one just opened up maybe two weeks ago i think we have two more stores opening in this weekend, Amazing. so now they're just starting to roll out.
0: That's awesome. If you can, yeah. If you can bring us through like a day in logistics for the company, what does that look like when uh, production hits, delivery hits? What is that turnaround time? Because the cookie, you want the cookies to be fresh. I know you deliver pucks now. You said so. What does the logistics look like from the uh, factory to franchisee?
1: Um, we require them to order two weeks in advance, mm-hmm. so we could order all of the ingredients and make those, and then ship them out to them. So. two two weeks is when they're getting them. And then we will ship about two weeks at a time. Uh Um, And then, I mean, they're being baked fresh pretty much every hour of the day. Mm -hmm. So the the freshness, there's no difference in the freshness. It's just where they produced, you know, 10 feet away or 10 miles away. Yeah, Right. So it's a, it's a way that, and, and we did a lot of testing and, you know, how do we make this as predictable? and as consistent as possible without it you know changing the taste and so we did yeah. up to six months of blind t- taste tests and i mean dough dough and just baking in general does really well um stored and frozen i mean it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't change it hope you guys are enjoying
0: this episode around bennett's entrepreneurial journey i'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid break sponsor barrel point surf offering skim boards body boards, surfing gear diving gear and more accessories As you guys know, the show just relocated to Los Angeles, and I've been spending much of my time clearing the mine at the beach. That means taking BPS's bodyboard out and learning how to ride some of the waves. It's one of the number one ways you can clear the mine, release some stress, and just have some fun. Make sure to check them out for yourself at BarrelPointSurf.com, and enjoy the rest of the episode. I'd love to hear about the R&D process that goes behind making a new flavor. Do you take franchisee
1: opinions? How does that look as a collaborative effort especially? Yeah, well, what we were doing, we have a chef, and he'll make some cookies. And then we have another guy that's making some cookies, then they take them to 40. Usually, we've been going to an elementary school, like during their break, and it's the is the teachers, right? That's our target demographic. Yeah. And then they're rating it based on appearance and based on crunchiness and thickness and whatever, and then just overall best and then we take the best rated cookies. And those are what makes it into rotation. And wow. then we get a lot of ideas. Um, like I post on LinkedIn for this was a cookie name, but I'm, I'm sure we could do the same thing with flavors because people are always messaging us, oh, you need to do an XYZ cookie. Yeah. But within like two days, we had 700 comments <laughs> of like, <laughs> what I, I said, what, what would you name this three layer cookie? Yeah. And yeah. yeah so, anyways, I, I, the, it's fun to get the community and you know, social media involved. And, and, and we want to do more of that going for forward. Sure. What does your vision look like in
0: expanding maybe further from Utah? Is that in um the yeah. pipeline and do you know timeline
1: maybe a possibility of that? So, so we've already sold I don't know 120 something stores. So Utah sold out, Arizona's almost sold out. Wow. Um we have wow. a lot going in Vegas, Idaho, a dozen going in Denver and then we have some in the Midwest, a few dozen in Texas. Wow. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we did six I think yesterday in Oklahoma. So yeah, we're going my my vision is, I guess the, the the mission statement that I live by, and that's now Dirty Doze, it's to find mm. uh, joy and fulfillment despite life's dirtiness in myself and others. Mm. So mm. it's, and I threw in despite life's dirtiness, obviously to tie in with the company, yeah. but also because I, that's what that's what I believe. Like, don't wait for perfection to find joy and fulfillment, mm. right? Like, you you can find it with the dirtiness or the messiness in life you don't need to wait for the perfection. For so sure. with that being said, in my mind, how do you get joint fulfillment? Well, it's it's your mental health, you know, or how how strong are you mentally? Mm. Um, and so that's the whole dirty dough focus. It's all mental health focused. And if you see all of our messaging, like I described that three layer cookie, it's what's on the inside that matters most. Like that's, that's yeah. the tagline. You look at a box, it says life's messy and that's okay. One says like, get in touch with your fillings, but spelled like the filling of a cookie. Yeah. So, um, but the, the big vision is how do we change mental health and be proactive about it? And we're deciding to do wellness centers in schools. So we'll call up a K through 12 school and say, hey, do you have an old classroom that we can convert to a wellness center? And a wellness center is somewhere that kids can come for 10, 15 minutes and be educated on how to be proactive with their mental health. So breathing exercises or happiness mindset or guided meditation, whatever th- those things are. Yeah. Um, so they can now learn to deal with the stressors of life and hopefully we can make a little dent in the social, mm. I mean, in the uh, the mental health crisis that we're going on. So big vision is a thousand stores by the end of 2026 wow. with a thousand wellness centers. That's and incredible. then we'll have, you know, several tens of thousands of employees that we also pay for uh, mental health, like life guidance service for them at a corporate level. We pay for that for all of our franchisees. Wow. So that's the big vision. The secondary vision is we're lowering the barrier of entry for entrepreneurship. Mm. So to be an mm. entrepreneur, you need a game plan, you need time, money, and expertise. Yeah. So the game plan is provided in the franchise model. The money required to open up one of these compared to like a crumble we're less than half mm. on average. The time required to run on one of these is much less, you don't, it, we don't require it to be full-time. This can actually be you know, a semi-passive investment as long as you have a good operator in place because yeah. you're dealing with less than half the labor, no quality, almost no quality control. And then the expertise required you know, you asked me about baking cookies. I've never mixed a batch of cookies and I don't think I ever will because I don't need to. Right. And neither yeah. do the franchisees. You don't need baking experience. So that's my other goal. I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship and I want to have other people become an entrepreneur and own a business um, and mitigate the risks as much as possible. Obviously, there's still going to be risk, but that's that's the secondary goal that I mm. have with dirty.
0: Wow. You you explained it so well there, but I'm curious if you can define what differentiates Dirty Dough from maybe your main competitors today, um,
1: if yeah. that's product wise, philosophy wise, etc. What would you say that is? Um, I mean the philosophy and the purpose is definitely different. But talking on the business yeah. aspect, yeah, the products, yeah, we do three layer cookies. We don't do frostings, and other people do frostings. But it's like I, I mean a cookie's a cookie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think anybody's gonna be the best brand. Anyways, um, it's the model. <laughs> It's the simplicity of the model. Mm -hmm. Because I look at, going back to the best cookie, I mean, look at our reviews, we have amazing reviews. Uh, We have a really good cookie. I've never cared about having the best cookie. I just want a really good cookie that's very consistent Mm. because that's what's gonna allow us to realize the vision and grow the biggest, the quickest, right? Because you look at, does Taco Bell have the best Mexican food? Does Panda Express have the best Chinese food? Does McDonald's have the best hamburger? Or -hmm. Little Caesars the best pizza? Like, no, in all cases. Yeah. but they have the best consistency, branding, um, and, and you know what you're going to get, right? Mm. So, that that's what we're going for. And I think we're getting lucky because we also have a very highly rated product that customers prefer if you just rate it by taste as well.
0: For sure. So, I would like to kind of finish with this. What would you say
1: is the top seller? If you have an idea. Chocolate chip. A, chocolate chip. It's the chocolate chip. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the good classic chocolate chip um, followed by we have... Because we do a few more, we do four permanent flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyways, I'm going to throw this one out there because it's my favorite. It's the toaster tart. So it's kind of like a pop tart looking cookie, Mm. but it's filled with raspberry because these are uh, portioned with the machine. We can fit more fillings inside than you can ever do by hand and every other cookie company does it by hand. Wow. So you get a lot more filling in there, which in my opinion makes it a lot more flavorful. For sure. Well, I
0: like to conclude each episode with this. If you could share one yep. piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something
1: you've learned along the way, or maybe regret, uh, what would you say that would be? Um, the best book that I've read. Uh, so that's what I'm going to lean on. Uh, the E Myth Revisited. It mm. teaches you how to work yourself out of the business as quickly as possible, so you could work on it rather than in it. So before you start a business, I mean, we didn't get into like the solar at all, but. My brother taught me that when I partnered him with my solar company and within 18 months, we sold the company because we started with the E-Myth in mind, mm. did the same thing with Dirty Dough. And within a year I had a CEO. I ha- I mean, right now I don't have any actual responsibilities so I can be doing my podcast, right? Or I can be yeah. meeting with people or putting out fire, or whatever I need to be doing. Nobody relies on me for anything, which mm. frees my time to work on the business rather than in the business. Sure. And I got all of those um, tips on how to do that from the e visit. revisited. Mm, amazing. Well, Bennett, thank you so much
0: for joining me today. And to the yeah. listeners out there, make sure to check out Dirty Dough at dirtydoughcookies.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.